Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Agent Missional Podcast. And today is one of our special episodes on our series about creative engagement. And today we're going to talk about content creating. We're going to talk about connecting in a digital age. And we got a special guest today, Roxy <laughs> and Key. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Yes, and we got some background music. Once again, not provided by ourselves. We don't have that kind of budget, but we have that on our podcast because we're recording in a cafe today, and it's going to be a lot of fun. If you listen to, you could listen to the song in the background. That'd be great. So, Roxine, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Who are you? Can you tell us a little bit about your faith journey and what you are passionate about? So I'm Roxine, and I am a freelance writer, uh, blogger, and now podcaster as well. Started my podcast a couple of months ago. So my faith journey: I grew up in a Christian home in the Philippines. So it's kind of weird because you guys can't see me, but I'm, I actually look super Chinese, <laughs> and that is by design. <laughs> I have a Filipino passport, but my I think grandparents immigrated from China to the Philippines um, back in World War One, World okay. War Two. All right. Um, so. We were, like, my family was Christian. My parents went to a Christian school. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, in the Philippines, like, the school and the church, at least for my school and church, they were together. So there was a lot of overlap between church and state. Yeah. <laughs> there. Not in the Philippines, but just in my little world. So I almost had no choice in becoming a Christian. <laughs> I, I don't know if my parents will listen to this. And they're just like, you had a choice. I'm like, no, mom, I did not, I did not have a choice. <laughs> So I think I'd always been really good with reading the Bible and mm -hmm. my mom has been re had been reading Bible stories to me even when I was a kid. Um, but my faith didn't come true or it wasn't really real to me until my family came to Canada in 2012. Okay. Um, so I was 17 years old at that time. Um, just finished high school in the Philippines because we don't have grade 7 and 8. Um, so we graduated high school at 16, came here at 17. Um, and then I went to teens conference and we... my family found a church as well, um, Toronto Christian Community Church uh, nice. here in the Markham area. So I think it was a combination of th those two things where TC is a place where you see kids. My, I saw kids my age who they were passionate about God and they weren't afraid to show it. Yeah. Because coming from like Asia, Asia, like deep Asia, <laughs> like we don't show our faith. We don't show our feelings as much. Right. And even asking questions in class was seen as a sign of disrespect. So then I saw that and I was like, I like that kind of faith. Like I want to have that kind of faith where I'm not afraid to show it and I'm bold for God. Mm. And then with my church, um, we have an incredible youth ministry and we were encouraged to talk about our feelings. Even the guys were talking about their feelings as teenagers. They were encouraged to. And it was weird, but... Guys have feelings? Guys have feelings. I, I did not know that until, until I came. So this is an amazing church, guys, where guys <laughs> talk about their feelings. Yes. Um, so I think it was a combination of those two. And I started taking my faith a lot more seriously. It went from the head and it went to the heart. Mm. Started being more practical about it. And I think slowly, I think, so I came to Canada in grade 12, around first or second year of university. I was still doing competitive swimming that I had done all my life. And at the end of my career, around first or second year, that was when I took kind of my first step into telling others about like Christ. Cause before yeah. then I was just like, yeah, on Fridays I have to be at church. That's all I was. <laughs> That's all the mission sharing I had. But 
the end at their last practice with like some of my swimming friends i actually gave them a book so it was john piper's um don't waste your life oh wow so i don't know like looking back i don't know if it was the right book to give to <laughs> people who are not christian or didn't read a lot a lot about um christianity um but i gave that to them and that for me was a first step into um being more vocal about my faith Shout out to John Piper. I know yeah. you're listening, John obviously. Piper. Of course he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But we will for sure shout out to Glendon, who I'm pretty sure will listen to this eventually. So shout out to Glendon from T3C is where Roxine's from as well. So shout out to Glendon. Yes. Hi, Glendon. Thanks for connecting us. <laughs> yeah. So that there was that. And then I started my blog in 2014. And even then I knew I wanted to write and wanted to impact people's lives. But I also had this feeling that if I wrote a Christian blog and made it similar to like every other like female Christian blog where it's like there's a picture of a Bible there with coffee. <laughs> it's got a Instagram filter Instagram on it. Instagram filter and <laughs> the theme is like very pastel colored pink and light blue. Oh my. Then I'm going to be almost isolating a lot of people. Sure. Um, so my blog is not specifically Christian, but I just write about personal I wrote about personal development and productivity, but it was like you just, I just can't help having the Christian principles there. Sure. Um, so I guess that's where the passion came in. The writing and the podcasting. It's not specifically like, I'm not, I don't specifically talk about the gospel, but by the kinds of people I talk to and how I talk to people, like, you, you just can't help but pick it up if you hang out with me. Mm. So that's kind of where I am now. It's all naturally integrated into who you are. It's part of your voice mm. too, right? I Almost love like that. I can't help it. But be Christian. <laughs> hey, 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 and if, you know, being Christ follower is not just one part of our life. It's, it's all of our life. It's, mm-hmm. it's how we live our life in response to who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Absolutely. But I do have to ask, as you've been a content creator, writing blogs and doing your own podcast, which you got to share a little bit about what's, what your podcast is all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what have you learned through that journey? What have, what, is, what have you learned about yourself, but what have you learned also about writing content? Uh, so my podcast is called the Creator Maker Life Podcast. Um, yes. I guess that's a huge just hat tip to what I believe in, even though it's not a Christian podcast. Um, and in it, I interview creators to kind of tell the stories behind the people who tell the stories online. Yeah, so I interview content creators. Most of them are YouTubers, but I've also interviewed photographers um, and like owners of e-commerce brands online. Sure. I think I've learned is the concept of identity yeah. enough and worth. Mm. Because as someone who's putting stuff out there online, not everyone's going to agree. Most of the world is not going to agree with what I'm talking about, whether it's the religious aspect of it or just the principles and ideas that I put out there. Um, so having that sense of, on one hand, I'm writing for myself and maybe I'm editing for other people, but in the end, I have that audience of, two people would say audience of one because they usually refer to themselves with just god but for me it's like audience of two like i write for god but i also write for myself right as own, my own form of therapy i guess <laughs> yeah and recently i've been learning the concept of enough like as a christian like we've i guess i've always been told that yeah jesus is enough like we have the song christ is enough yeah but i never really understood what enough meant until i realized that it's not just about yeah christ is enough it's also about what God has given me, what he has made me to be is enough. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ties into what we were talking about before, like how organic my spiritual growth has been and where God's taken me. Like when I rely on what he's given me and I do my best and what's in front of me, things have turned out amazing. Things have been 
literally very easy. Like starting the podcast was easy because it was something God wanted me to do. Right. But when I started to force things and trying to grasp things that he ha- didn't give me, then that's that was like pushing a rock up the hill. Sure. Um, so I would say like those are the three things that I learned. Very awesome. Very awesome. And it's in the name of your podcast creator, right? Mm-hmm. You're living out part of your image of God mm-hmm. because God is a creator. God is one who has made things and you get to be creating things that in a sense is able to share your identity, share about God in different ways, even if it's not a specific Christian podcast or content. But that is so cool. And you've done, so you've done a blog, you've done, you're doing this podcast. Yeah. You've done, have you done YouTube before? I seem to remember uh, I tried you did. YouTube a yeah. little bit, but that was part of the grasping and striving. Like, I, <laughs> I'm not ready for YouTube. Okay. Um, but I did try that. Sure. Wait, was that what you were referring to when you're like, that's not what I should be doing and it was hard? Yes. Yes. Ah. That was definitely one, one of the biggest things last year. Okay. Um, yeah. So. All right. And how do you feel that your story comes through what you create? You know, and I, I want to ask this question from kind of a couple different perspectives. So, how does like your Asianness come out? How mm. does your experience of being in Canada come out? How does your experiences as being a Christian come out in how you create and what you create? I think with a Asian and Christian, it's kind of a funny question to ask me because when people listen to this, they're not. She can't just have immigrated to Canada because she doesn't have an accent. <laughs> That's literally the first. Fe- question people ask me and they find out I'm from the Philippines like why don't you have an accent and I don't know like I just for some reason when I read books I read it out loud a little bit to myself so uh-huh. then I kind of lost the accent along the way so I guess with my content I would like to think that I'm fusing as much of the east and west together okay cool as much of both kind of both cultures as possible like for example I I feel like I was born a Canadian because I've always been more assertive. Like, it's not very nice to be assertive when you're Asian (laughs) because people think you're being disrespectful. But I've always liked asking questions. I've always had strong opinions. And that's how my parents kind of brought me up is to speak my mind. And that's good. But at the same time, I'm learning to balance that with the Asian aspect of listening first and being respectful towards not just my elders, but towards other people and being respectful of people's opinions. Mm. So I think... That comes out in my con- content in that I was a little bit hesitant in the beginning sure. about my opinions. But now that I'm more vocal about what I believe in the principles that I have, like I made sure before that that I have a solid foundation. Sure. That sounds really conceptual, but let me put it into like more like in a solid example. There's this author named Rachel Hollis. She is a, she's a Christian, but she's not a Christian author. Um, so she writes kind of self-help books for women. Um, she's based in the U.S. And she just released a new book. And in her Instagram, or I think it was her Facebook, people were complaining about her theology. Mm. People were saying, oh, why are you listening to Rachel, Holl- Rachel Hollis? Like, her theology isn't solid. She had this wrong, this wrong. Like, she's telling people... So the title of her book is like, Girl, Wash Your Face. Yeah, I was about to say that. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's the Girl, Wash Your yeah, Face book. So yeah. the Girl, Wash Your Face. And she had another. she has another one, um, like, Girl, Stop apologizing okay um so they were like yeah like i washed my face apologize people were making fun of that and my thinking is i don't want to be in that position in the future that people would say oh your theology is wrong mm-hmm. but at the same time like what with because of my work because i'm not specifically like a christian blogger or like a christian mm. I don't, podcaster like 
my work will always have some, I don't quote unquote secular in it. Sure. But I just want to make sure that for myself, I know that my theological foundation is solid. And when people question that, like I can answer them in a loving way mm. that clearly shows the strength of my conviction. Yeah. That's awesome. To kind of follow up with that, how do you feel that what you create can be part of what God is doing in this world? Like He desires to redeem and restore, renew all things, mm -hmm. bring about His kingdom. How do you feel like content creating, and maybe this is more of a personal answer for you, but how do you feel that what you create can be a part of that in the world? So I'm actually super excited about that question because... Yes, great. For my podcast specifically, I'm interviewing influencers, mm. people who have their own audiences. I'm not just interviewing people who run their own businesses or they do it in isolation. Like These people are putting their own work out there. And I'm building relationships with people, both Christian and non-Christian. People who might be welcome in the church, people who might not be welcome sure. in the church. So I guess... By building relationships with them and influencing them in my own way, um, their work will be influenced and their work will kind of start, I don't know, maybe changing as well. Sure. So that's kind of the, I would say, ulterior motive I have for my stuff. <laughs> Very um, cool. Yeah. I write for the people who think and who talk themselves. Mm. So that's why. I do want to backtrack a little bit. You mentioned before that you had a bit of hesitancy mm -hmm. about why you want to get started. Where did that come from? Because I don't like haters. Like, you know, the YouTube <laughs> comment section. Oh, yes. Even, in, if, even if the video is of a cute puppy, people will find something bad to say about it. And Just evil, evil people out there. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like give it a thumbs down. Say, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I guess before, before I figured out that, before I figured out what it really meant to find my identity in Christ mm -hmm. and had that kind of come to my heart and really understand what it means... Like, I was hesitant because I wanted people to like me. And sure. I didn't want to be that kid in school where it's like, oh, you're the blogger, right? Like, <laughs> or, or like, I've had YouTubers tell me, like, people would ask them how many subscribers they have and judge them based on how many subscribers they have. Right. So I didn't want to be that because I didn't have that almost confident or confidence or self-worth. So that's why I was hesitant. Oh. But in the end, like, if you have to do something, you just can't stop yourself. And God wanted me to do this. And I just... Had to. Yeah. And we're thankful that you are doing it. I think it is a bold step and into a, into a culture and into a landscape that needs the presence of God, the, mm -hmm. the hope, and, and hopefully something that is more positive mm -hmm. and thinking about how people influence each other. To be able to speak into kind of that kind of circle or that kind of dynamic is, is great. I think mm -hmm. it's needed. But I wanted to ask you a little bit about what does it mean to really engage in that kind of way? You know, in a technologically advancing world, creating space for engagement and connecting with others is rapidly changing. Mm -hmm. Even a couple of decades ago, we, don't, we didn't have the type of access that we have like to each other and to information and resources that we have today and you know back then if you want to find out about something you needed to literally go to a library and and borrow a book yeah. if you want to connect with someone you have to pick up a phone and call them or you have to walk over to their house and, mm -hmm. and, and hang out with them like nowadays it's it's so vastly different and this new online landscape and i won't even say it's new it's been around for a couple decades but this is a very new way of thinking about what does it mean to connect with each other mm. and what way in which to encourage and share and what you're doing, trying to 
be an influencer and reach out to other influencers too. What does it mean for you to be kind of engaging in, in kind of a digital world? The funny thing is I like engaging in a digital world, but my intention is always to take those online relationships offline. Yeah. And I'm seeing that shift too, because people are craving authenticity and genuineness, whether it's, um, I don't know, kids watching their favorite YouTubers and feeling like they connect with them, that they're friends just because they see their vlogs every week, even yeah, though the YouTuber sure. doesn't know them. And there's also a lot of internet marketers or people who run online businesses and they run communities on Facebook. And they've started running meetups in individual local communities and then having maybe annual bigger events that they hold. So for me, that's my intention in the future. Like I've, most of my guests that I've had in the podcast have been online. Like this is my first in-person interview. Yes. Great. <laughs> Which is awesome. Um, we get that honor. Yes. <laughs> and I, one day I want to be meeting my guests in person. Mm. I want to have those relationships in person. Like if I go to, let's say Austin, Texas, like I want to message my guests who are there and yeah. say, let's meet up for coffee and actually talk. Yeah. In um, person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's the end goal for me. You would say I'm taking those online relationships offline. Sure. Sure. Do you feel that that kind of perspective is shared among other people or do people would rather stay more online and in a sense have that type of connection? I think it depends on why people are online. So for the most part, I interact with content creators mm-hmm. and being a content creator, editing videos, photos, writing blog articles, it can be really lonely. Yeah, for sure. So for I guess my demographic or creative entrepreneurs, we do want to meet up with people. But then I don't know with people like my younger sisters, they're the kind of people who would comment on YouTube comment sections, mm-hmm. um, comment on Instagram. Like they, it's almost like they're a perfect hybrid of that. My sister would comment on a friend's Instagram story or her Instagram photo. And then later, once they meet, see each other in swim practice, they talk about the photo, where that came from. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of where, I guess, the younger generation is going towards. Yeah, and I can see where it, that's happening too. Like, my friend would respond to my Instagram story, even though I haven't seen her in months. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we would meet up because you're like, oh, I haven't seen you in months, but you did this. Like, let's go and have coffee. Right. Um, so it's a hybrid kind of what's happening. So with all this technology, what do you think it means for community moving forward? How do we understand community moving forward? Because obviously this is going to be part of our lives. Mm -hmm. It's not something that is going to go away anytime soon. In fact, there seems to be more and more ways in which people can get connected. I think even like, and this might date how old I am, but like (laughs) even something like Instagram, when it came out, it's like, oh, it's just sharing pictures. That's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of it. You can't like add other things and or like you know i was like is this gonna last and it has lasted yeah <laughs> it's lasted a long long time and it's it's done very well for itself but what do you think you know the online landscape and in and even including something like content creating how does that all factor into community as we start to kind of understand it in new ways i think there's two sides to the coin one part is a good side and the other part is not as good of a side. The good side is that you find people who are like you. Mm-hmm. Um, you find a place to belong. And you don't necessarily have to fit in, which is like you fit in when you change yourself to be like everyone else. Whereas with belonging, people accept you for who you are. Mm. So because of the I don't know, ubiquity of online communities, you can find sub-niches, regardless sure. of what your interests are. Like If you're into longboarding, then you can find that. If you're into boosted boards instead, you can find that community too. 
But on the other side, on the other hand of the other side of the coin is that you might just stay in that community. Something that like, I guess my Christian friends and I talk about, like we have this bubble of Asian Christians who live in Marco and who play <laughs> softball. And it now, sounds so specific, but it's actually a pretty big network. There's a lot of us, like people who are listening to the podcast. I don't know how many people are going to... Probably some of them. Yeah. yeah. I might see you guys in the summer playing CCSA. Um, yes. But yeah, you might just stay in that bubble, in that sub-niche. Mm-hmm. And that's fine for comfort's sake, I guess. But that's not fine if you want to be a missional Christian. Right. Because you would not understand other cultures. You would just disagree with people and not realize that in like many different when it comes to many different things um there's no black or white there's only gray um mm. and so on one hand we find our comfort we find belonging but on the other hand the conversation might just stop there right so that's where i see it you mentioned being a missional christian what does that mean for you it means living in a way that demonstrates god's love to other people regardless of where i am what i'm doing whether it's in Markham, Toronto, Canada, mm. or I don't know, it's in North Korea. <laughs> you <laughs> could find yourself in North Korea. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's being thankful where I'm at at this moment and demonstrating that gratitude for the life God's given me mm. in every interaction I have, whether it's a Christian interaction, or whether it's a non-Christian interaction, or whether it's just talking to the nice waitress who is bringing us our coffee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it just brightens people's day when they see someone demonstrating like unconditional love to them. <laughs> yeah, and that's needed. That's needed in this world, right? That mm-hmm. people can see God's love in you and through you, but the difference that God has made in your life to, to spur you on to love them, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's huge. And the world needs to see that, right? Yeah, just like loving out of the overflow because basically as Christians, we're vessels of this unconditional endless love. Mm-hmm. And it just has to flow out of us. And there's no end to it. So obviously, technology, the digital world has connected us. Mm-hmm. We can get connected to each other in different ways. And it's even by email that you and I actually even yep. got connected. And not only that, we have connections to the rest of the world too, mm-hmm. right? Stories can be shared. People can express their joys and pains in a lot of different ways. And I'm wondering, what is the next step to continue to build those deeper relationships. You mentioned a little bit about meeting together outside, but like, how do we, even on the online world, resist just verbal vomit (laughs) or narcissism and and move to actually move toward building up other people, encouragement, helpful challenges, and ultimately glorifying God? There's a lot of ways you can do that. One of the ways that people usually don't talk about is actually putting your work out there. Mm. Whatever it is, whatever talents God's given you. Like, I never thought I was a creative person. Like, I, growing <laughs> up, yeah, I was never artistic. Sure. Like, I was never a visual into visual arts. I can't sing. I'm not musical at all, even though my sisters can. It's always been just writing and reading for me. And I guess in Asia, when I was growing up, I never thought that was never considered an art, even though here it is a liberal arts curriculum or whatever. Right, right, right. So I think it's putting that work out there because whether it's a song, it's a book, it's a film, God has put that inside each one of us. Mm. And it is our job, almost our duty, to put that out into the world. Um, so when it comes to online content creation, there's so many platforms where it's free to put out your work out there. Like you can just create a Spotify page tomorrow mm. and put a song in there. Yeah, um, for sure. 
Like I, I, I joke with my friends. Like out of all my friends who are more musical than me, I'm the one with a Spotify page <laughs> because I have a podcast. <laughs> yes, that's right. You're so a friend of Roxine's. Get on it. You make a Spotify page. Yes. Yeah, I have a Spotify page, guys. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, so that's one part of um, taking advantage of the tools we have to connect other people. Sure. And the other is just being encouraging, like retweeting a tweet about, I don't know, like something nice instead of talking about negative opinions that you might have. Right. And then opening up conversations instead of just shutting people down. That's a conversation part. And when it comes to the consumption aspect, I would say consume less. <laughs> consume less. I, I think that's it. Like consume less and create more. Oh, nice. I would say um, right now, like you can't see my phone, but my phone is on grayscale because I want to spend less time browsing through Instagram and Instagram on grayscale and black and white is just not as fun. Um, <laughs> so you've limited yourself. I've limited myself because I realize when I'm browsing through Instagram or Facebook, I'm not any happier afterwards. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's truth right there. Drop right? that mic. <laughs> yes. It's something, it, there's a quote where Instagram is all about people's highlight reels and yeah. you compare it to your like backstage drafts and the <laughs> right. worst parts of your performance. And that's just not healthy in any way. Um, yeah. yeah. Consume less and create more, guys. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to ask you more of those. Those feed into my other questions right now. But I'm going to ask you, how do you make it less about self-glorifying, mm -hmm. but more about trying to glorify God in many different ways, even if it's not explicitly Christian? Mm -hmm. Like for you yourself... Like, how do you see it as like, you know, I don't want this to be necessarily about myself and people getting to know me uh, like or like people liking me more or being more popular. But like you want to do this in a way that like is, is helpful and wants to glorify God. So what does that mean for you? I'll be honest. I had to grapple with that a lot because growing up, I'd always wanted to be that person where you walk down the street and people come up to you and say hi to you. Yes. So I had to struggle with that. And I guess... Before I was like, before I started the podcast, before I started YouTube, um, when I, my blog was still a lot smaller, I told my friends, I was like, if I ever turn into a terrible person, please tell me. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. It's good. It's needed. Um, so I think that was one part of it. Just the practicality of having that community of people who know me, who love me as I am. And like my family too, and telling them like, this is what I want to do. This is what I struggle with. Like, yeah. <laughs> please keep me accountable. And on the other hand, it's also like, I am like God is most glorified in me when um, I am most satisfied in Him. Yeah. And focusing on the joy and the process of creating rather than on the results um, mm. is like huge for me. Like it doesn't matter how many likes a photo gets, it doesn't matter how many listens a podcast gets. Right. If I'm proud of this, and if like kind of what Eric Little said, like when he runs, he feels God's glory. If I make this, do I feel God's? like glory and like smiling down on me, then that's learning to find my recognition in that instead. Nice. Great chariots of fire reference yes. right there. Yes. All these references. Yes. And I love how you invite other people in your life to keep you accountable and to actually let you know if you are steering in a direction that is, that is not going down a good path. Yeah. No, that's awesome. No, I, I think that's, that's one way to live that out in community as well. So I want to follow up on some of the things you said, because they were actually some of the questions I did want to ask. So some people have kind of criticized technology, social media, and content creation as 
as kind of almost a disincarnate generation, saying that like you know we are connected, but we're still kind of disconnected.、Mm-hmm. We're there, but not really there. We kind of get, you know, we can get to know a person kind of through their YouTube channel or podcast, or social media, or blog, but in a sense, we don't really know that person because usually that what you exactly said, it's a curated perspective、yeah. of that person,、uh, and so. I was wondering, like, do you think there are any? First of all, do you agree or disagree? But secondly, do you think there are ways that can be, like, healthy ways in which you can be open and vulnerable online as a content creator? I think, as with a lot of things in life, social media and technology are tools. Sure. And they may be more addictive tools than any other tools that we use. Like, it's easier to browse Instagram, say, than read a book. So I think in that way it might be more destructive, but in the end, it's how you use it. Like Facebook, they want you to keep scrolling through it, but then you just kind of have to find a way to circumnavigate the scrolling, right? <laughs>、um, and actually get stuff done. Yeah. So honestly, I do think it's just how you use it, and I mean it has some benefits. Like my family has a group chat, and now that my sisters and I are getting older, and my parents are getting older too. <laughs> Some, and a lot of times we don't see each other, or we don't have dinner as many times together as we want anymore.、Um, but then we're still connected because we have WhatsApp. Right. How do you decide how much you want to share? And、mm. because I know, like you're you're putting stuff out there that's sharing about your personal experiences,、mm. but also what you've learned from other people as well. But how do you, you know, decide how open or vulnerable you you want to be? I think that varies from person to person. I'm still kind of thinking about that myself and trying to figure that figure that out. Um, some people share their whole lives. Like you have, let's say, for example, a YouTuber named David Dobrik.、Mm-hmm. He is a I think a daily. I think he still does daily vlogs. And basically, his entire life is a reality show for people to watch. And I don't know if he's the same person behind the camera as he is、sure. like in front of the camera. Um, but then you have other influencers. Um, I think、uh, like a couple of YouTube guys like. People who make Wang Fu Productions, yeah,、um, they're not as open with their personal lives. Like you don't know who they're dating, you don't know who they hang out with. You you see them going for bubble tea, but that's it. So I think for myself, I'm trying to straddle that line. I like my privacy. I like going to First Markham Place and eating by myself. Yeah, <laughs> like I've been to、it's、all. Great can- place to eat. <laughs> It's a great place to eat, guys. If you ever go to Markham, so I like that. But at the same time, I know that a lot of the struggles I have, like other people can learn from them.、Hmm. I guess for now, what I'm Trying to do is, if it's a struggle, I think people can learn from. It's like almost open. Like I will try to share it as much、sure. as I can. Like there's this quote from Neil Gaiman that says, "It's only when you feel like you're walking down the street naked are you getting things right." <laughs> And I'm trying to do that with my content too. And keeping in mind being respectful of my family and my friends, and of not burning any bridges. Yeah. Um, because of my content, so it's a it's a fine line. Yeah, for sure. That's that is some good insight. So, also with so much content available online, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, with you know your phone and what you kind of limit yourself to,、mm-hmm. and so like a myriad of voices and perspectives, what do you think it means to practice discernment and to be attentive to God's leading and presence when you're online? Um, there's this concept, or it's I think it's a book as well.、Uh, it's not a Christian book. It's called Signal versus Noise, and so that's for me when I'm online. That's a helpful. Way to discern like the signal versus the noise. Practically, what that looks like is 
before I do work or every single day, I have to do my devotions. I have to have mm. that quiet time because if I don't have that quiet time, I won't see God's signal. That's so cool. I love yeah. how you put that. I, I won't see the signal. And kind of like the story with Elijah on the mountaintop, like his mountaintop experience with God, like his word comes in the soft breeze, not in the earthquake, not in the fire, um, not in the strong wind. And so I guess keeping my spirit in tune with God's voice, with Jesus's word, and then taking it from there and understand, like knowing God, I think is the key for me to stay kind of grounded sure. um, in the midst of all the storm and the noise that's like social media and technology. Yeah. Have you ever had to stop following a content creator just because of what they were putting out? I can't remember if I have, but I do kind of clean out the newsletters in my inbox. Like I unsubscribe a lot with Instagram. I've unsubscribed to people just because like their content maybe has changed or um, they're starting to put out more their centric, their me centric content. Sure. And the last of these questions, and you've alluded to this earlier, but anonymity, antagonism, online bullying, you know, people say things online that they would never say in person. Yeah. <laughs> and because there is that sense of distance and it can be one sided, people feel they can get away with almost anything online and say anything that they want and to a degree do anything they want. For us as Christ followers, how can we be a faithful witness of who God has made us to be? And how do we extend grace and his presence in an online world? I'm going to butcher the verse, but it's from, I think, 1st or 2nd Timothy, one of them. And it's that we're not given a spirit of fear, but one of sound mind. Yeah. And when it comes to the online world, like, as Christians, we have to value courage. And part of that courage is the courage to stop talking. Right. And to not stir up the pot when we feel like we've been wronged. Almost like when it comes to online arguments, it's when people say things online that they can't say in front of someone. Sure. Then they're just being cowards. And as Christians, we're not called to be cowards. We're called to be courageous and brave mm -hmm. because we have the God of the universe behind us. And so for me, when I'm interacting online, I always have that thinking in my head. Like one day when I meet God, am I, is he going to be proud of what I said? Right. Um, whether it's an email, whether it's a WhatsApp <laughs> message, whether it's a Facebook message or a more public Facebook post. And understanding that other people, if they do say something terrible, that they're not just being cowards, which is like, which makes you feel better about yourself. But it's that they're probably struggling with something. Sure. And that if I lived their life, that I would probably say the same thing. And so that's kind of how I grapple with the grace part of it. On one hand, keeping myself at a high standard and trying to reach God's standard of yeah. courage and like just faith. And on the other hand, extending grace to other people because that same grace has been extended. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. That was really wise words. And I think you said it really well. So kind of to end off this podcast... As you've been on this journey of being a content creator, where do you hope you'll be in the next few years? Honestly, I don't know. If you had asked me that like three months before, I would have given you a list of things that right? I wanted to be. <laughs> but something that God has been teaching me is something like a quality that I mentioned in the beginning was enough. Yeah. I was like, I am really happy where I am right now. What he's given me up to this point is enough. The future that he might have for me will be enough. Yeah, I'm just excited to see kind of go where the flow is going, where he's taking me. 
um, in the future, if more people follow me, that's great. If less people follow me, that's great as well. Like, and then he gives me the audience. He gives me the impact. And all I'm looking at is him and to see what I can do more for him. Preach it. <laughs> that was fantastic. All right, Roxine, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast. It's been great to have you on. And if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate and review and subscribe to the podcast and helps us get this conversation out there. Please remember to share it to others as well. Uh, it's been great to hear the conversations that these episodes have continued to stir up and continued to be dialogued through. And uh, if you want to reach us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or by email. Once again, this is the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.